Hey everybody, this is Jeremiah Craig coming at you from Seattle on this beautiful Saturday. And you know, one of the things that I try to follow from time to time is the progress that we're making in discoveries in outer space. You know, what are we learning about other solar systems in our universe? What are we learning about uh, stars, other planets? What are we learning and gaining to becoming closer to discovering if there is life out there in the universe? And it seems pretty low chance that there's not life someplace out there. I mean, it's with there's so much possibility. There's so many other solar systems, so many other planets. It's kind of ridiculous to think that there's not, although it has yet to be proven. However, I don't even think that we need to discover it in another solar system in the universe. I think we could find life right here in our own solar system that's not from Earth. I'll explain. I'm Jeremiah Craig. Thank you for tuning in. I got stories to tell and songs to sing now they call me a balladeer to find out why just lend an ear at me stick with me a little while and i will promise i will make you smile my name is jeremiah craig thank you for tuning in Water is the most important thing to building life as we know it, right? I mean, we all know this. We've all been told this several times. So wherever we look for life, we first need to look for water. And water has been found on several different planets and moons in our solar system. Water has been found on Mars, they found evidence of rushing water in the way that uh, valleys were formed. It looks like possible water erosion occurred there. They've taken pictures from satellites of melting water on Mars and it rushing down into a crater. Because it can get up to like 80 degrees Fahrenheit on Mars. So water would definitely melt and they found it there. So they think that maybe there's more water underground on Mars. And Mars would definitely be a high probability for life, as far as planets are concerned, just because it's in the Goldilocks zone, right? And the Goldilocks zone is in the range of the sun where there can be life. And in this solar system, I think Venus Earth and Mars are in the Goldilocks zone. Venus has too thick of an atmosphere, right? The greenhouse effect has made the pressure and temperature on that planet just unbearable to any life as we know it. Earth is like perfect and Mars seems to have too thin of an atmosphere. So they always talk about what they can do to Mars to make it have a thicker atmosphere, like dramatic things such as nuking the 
poles or something like that that's just ridiculous to try to terraform it. But I think that there's a higher probability of life elsewhere, outside the Goldilocks zone, on two moons. One moon is around Jupiter and the other is around Saturn. The Jupiter moon that I'm speaking of is called Europa, right? And Europa is just water, pretty much. It is ice, and it, the ice is miles deep. But underneath the ice is actual liquid water. And they know this because they can take the gravity of Jupiter and apply it to a moon such as the size of Europa and realize that the gravity is so strong of Jupiter that it actually makes the moon move like up and down. It squeezes the moon, I mean to say. And that squeezing creates friction in the middle and melts the ice, creating liquid water near the core. And they know this also because the cracks on the ice above uh, the surface of the liquid water that is actually out in space, those cracks change very frequently. So they know that there's liquid water on Europa. They also know that there's liquid water on a Saturn moon called Enceladus. Enceladus is one of my favorite moons because it has a similar situation to what Europa has around Saturn. The gravity of Saturn is also just unbearable to these moons. So it's covered in ice as well and the, is squeezed in a similar way. But the one thing that makes Enceladus different is that it has geysers at the South Pole. So it's shooting water into space almost 24-7. 24-7 Earth time, anyways. <laughs> and it shoots so much water into space that this moon makes its own ring around Saturn as well. They flew the spacecraft Cassini into the geyser once and were able to take samples from the water that this moon Enceladus was ejecting into space and they found traces of salt. So if there's minerals like salt and there's water then that makes the possibility for life even greater. Now there weren't any tools on Cassini to check for uh, organic matter. So I can't wait until we send up another spacecraft to check the water samples from either Europa or Enceladus because it seems like these planets have such a high probability for life with liquid water. It's incredible. There's another moon around Saturn called Titan, which is super interesting to me. 
and might also hold life in a completely different form that we don't even know about, that we don't even have the science to prove could exist. Uh, Titan has a atmosphere, a very thick atmosphere. In fact, they have said that it's pretty much a young Earth. So they look at Titan and they say, well, this is what Earth could have looked like in the early stages of our solar system, right? But the only thing is, is that it's really cold on Titan, of course, because it's so far away from the sun. So water there is like rock, and yet there are still liquids on Titan. It is so cold there that methane and ethane are liquids, okay? And it rains there, but it rains methane and ethane. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that? And it's a smaller, it's a small moon. Well, it's one of the bigger moons in our solar system, but it's, it's smaller than Earth, right? So the gravity is much lower. So I read that the raindrops on Titan of methane are about as big as a beach ball. <laughs> Just because it, that's the way gravity works there. So they have liquid elements on Titan which helps erosion and the things that we have here, geographically speaking, on Earth, except it's much different. There, the liquid doing the erosion is methane. Could there be a completely different life form to come out of a methane-based system? I don't know, but it would be really cool if there could be. I mean, degrees speaking, like temperature-wise, it gets down to like negative 200 Fahrenheit there. So I don't know what kind of organism could survive that, but there's only one way to find out, right? We got to send a spacecraft there to find it. So I wouldn't put as much confidence in finding life on Titan just because, you know, we wouldn't know what it would look like. But I put a lot of confidence in finding life on Europa, the Jupiter moon, or Enceladus, the Saturn moon. Both are very much the same in that they have icy outsides and liquid cores of water liquid water that is necessary to life as we know it. What do you think? I don't want to debate about whether or not there could be life somewhere else in this universe. That is pretty much solid for me as far as probability is concerned. But do you think that there could be life someplace else in this solar system, in our own solar system? Let me know. Today in music, today in music. Hey everybody, it's time again for another edition of Today in Music. On July 7th, 1984, 
Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA album went number one on the US album chart. And it stayed there for like 139 weeks, it says here on thisdayinmusic.com. It went on to sell over 10 million copies. And the song, the single from the album, Born in, in the USA, was also one of the first occasions of a politician using a song and the artist asking them not to use it in their campaign. Ronald Reagan in 1984 used Born in the USA as a campaign backing theme, right? Which is kind of ironic because the song is against the military industrial complex with lines about the Vietnam War. But Ronald Reagan still used it. I mean, there's the chorus, right? So if you're not actually listening to the words, it sounds like a very patriotic song when in reality, it's the opposite. Or I guess it could be considered patriotic uh, using free speech to uh, bring issues to light. So you could argue that it is patriotic in that way. Anyways, it was the first occasion of that happening between a musician and a politician. And since then, it has come up every time there is a campaign where some presidential candidate or a senator or congressman is using music, then the musician and artist behind that song has to ask them to stop, which is only courtesy uh, from my understanding, the reason they can use this music at rallies and live events is because the actual venues hold those licenses. They buy blanket licenses and allow anyone who rents the facilities to play whatever song they want because those venues have the blanket license. So a congressman or a politician doesn't actually have to stop they just do it out of courtesy because it would bring a lot of bad press if a musician said hey stop using my song and then they didn't so I find it very interesting that that is the first occasion of that happening so today on July 7th 1984 Bruce Springsteen's album Born in the USA hits number one on the US album charts this has been another edition of Today in Music. Jeremiah, what's going on? Uh, yeah, you were just talking about Bruce Springsteen and about it hitting number one. You know what else is an interesting fun fact about that? It's the very first CD ever pressed as well. All right, man. Have a good one. Good show. Take care. Peace.